0: Welcome to the Art of Community podcast. I'm Heather Cotton, and this is my husband, Ben. Hello. Thanks for joining us as we explore the joys and pains of meaningful life together. This is episode 12. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, In this episode, we're going to talk about how to heal broken relationships in a way that heals the relationship. It avoids collateral damage to the community and honors God all at the same time. Welcome to episode 12.
1: Yeah, so um, I think like the first place we start with that is Jesus talking about it in Matthew 18. Um, And there's a lot there, but he starts off saying in verse 21 and 22, he just basically says
2: to Peter, you have to forgive. And I think that's maybe the starting point. Um, And I would say understanding
1: that forgiveness and reconciliation are really two different things. Obviously, they're related. You can't have reconciliation without forgiveness, but you also can't have reconciliation if there's not repentance. And so it takes two people to reconcile. Both people have to be interested and willing to forgive and willing to repent where they've done wrong. And so if you don't have those two things going, you really can't reconcile. So that's really the first thing. It's like if you're thinking, well, somebody's, I have this broken relationship with someone, I would like it to be healed but they're not so much interested in that um, for whatever reason. It could be because you really did them wrong and they're just not over it or whatever. But if they're not willing, then you can't reconcile. You just can't do it. But what you can do is forgive them, which means you're basically just saying, I'm not going to hold on to my right to justice and payment for what that person did to me. I'm going to leave that to God. That's what you're saying. You're not saying what they did is not a big deal. Yeah. So, so that's, I think that's super important for people who've been really hurt big time. So, we're not only talking about, like, I'm mad because you didn't invite me to your birthday party or whatever. It could also be really big, painful, devastating things. So, I think it's important for people like that to understand that when I say forgive and when Jesus says forgive, he's not saying excuse or minimize or be in denial yeah. about it. It's, uh, I think, a much deeper, richer thing, which is to say, God, I'm not going to demand justice for myself. I'm going to let you do that. You're a God of justice. Vengeance is not mine. It's yours. I'm going to let that go, which means I'm no longer in bondage to it, but it also means, means that person's not either. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where you start when you're talking about Mending a broken relationship, yeah. You start with forgiveness, and you got to start. Yeah, so it's it kind of goes back to to Jesus's thing about to get the log out of your own eye before you try to get the speck out of your brother's. It's a similar idea, which is look at yourself first. You start with you and your own heart, which then, of course, enables you to, if that person's willing to reconcile with you, it opens up a door in your heart to that even to that being possible.
2: You know.
0: Yeah, and sometimes. It takes a long time. Harkening oh, yeah. uh, back to like what we were talking about last week with the church stuff, we had to, we had to forgive over and over and over again. It wasn't a one and done thing, um, and I think that there's still sometimes things crop up that we are like, oh, I need. There's like still this inkling of anger in there, mm-hmm. so I didn't need to forgive. And and also during that time, um, my dad I actually wrote letters asking for reconciliation with the other parties involved. And it wasn't uh, that those were never answered. Um, but he still had to choose to walk in forgiveness. And what's interesting is 20 years later, they've actually had some conversations. A few of them have um, around reconciliation. And so it took 20 years for him to, for him to realize what he was asking for. Right. Um, and... Sometimes that's harder. I think if you don't have like resolution to feel like you can actually fully forgive, um, and that happens in cases of abuse. It happens in cases of yeah. real hurt in relationship. Um, sometimes it's not possible to have reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Like, and sometimes you shouldn't. Or have somebody
1: re- dies that you, you now you don't have the chance to talk to them.
0: Yeah, you know? and sometimes, especially in the case of like abuse. You shouldn't have reconciliation. It's right. okay to not exactly. have reconciliation. That's a good point. Um, so I think that that's it, one of the things that we've talked about, even in talking last week, is just that it can be a little bit worrisome that all of this sounds too simplistic, but it, uh, we also don't want to avoid talking about it because we're afraid of not being able to cover all the bases. So,
1: Yeah. I think the important thing, biblically speaking, if you read, go go to Matthew 18 and read about, the parable of the unforgiving servant. and what you see there is that the, the motivation, the foundation of your forgiveness is not the other person deserving it. and it's not your like goodness. <laughs> or but because if that's true, you'll only forgive the people that you can sort of rationalize how, what they did. The foundation of your forgiveness is that God loves you and God's forgiven you. Of everything, therefore, based on his forgiveness of you. So it's your relationship with him that's the basis of it, not the other person deserving it.
0: Yeah. And you see that with Jesus on the cross, where they did all these really horrible things and he like legitimately did not deserve it. And then on the cross he says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing, what they've done, you know? And like that is such a picture of it wasn't even like well that was a justified thing that they did against him or well he kind of deserved it because of like he didn't deserve it at all and he really faced torture and still he forgave them and right. so that that's a you know a very godly picture of that so
1: yeah he didn't say i'll forgive you when you show that remorse you
0: it. or even remorse right. you know like he didn't he didn't ever see them mm. say that they were sorry
1: Yes, I think like that's, I mean, that alone, if you can get that principle of, in your heart, I think all of your relationships become better. Um, but I also want to talk about the idea of reconciliation, because that's really where we want to be. It's really where, at least in the church, that should be our ultimate goal. And it's really how the only way any community, whether it's a community of two, or a community of a thousand, no community can stay a community if you don't learn how to forgive and reconcile, Mm -hmm. if you don't learn to do both. Yeah. Because what, what we found is probably very sadly typical is someone get there in a, in a church community, they get hurt or there's a broken relationship and it's half the time. It's like a really mundane stuff. And then they they might even forgive the person, but they just sort of never talk to him again. And now you have this sort of code of silence between two people. That division grows painful enough and awkward enough that somebody ends up leaving mm-hmm. and going to another community. Until something happens again, and they can't, they don't reconcile, and they move on. And that's kind of where we're aiming with this episode. Um, is let's let's learn not to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, kind of going back to Matthew 18, we get another, we get sort of a roadmap from Jesus in how to do this, which is basically, if you're offended with somebody or or you know someone else is offended with you, then the first thing you do is to go to them personally and privately and face-to-face. So, this is not a text message. It's not a passive-aggressive Facebook post. It's Mm -hmm. like and it's not talking to your your best buddy and and passing that offense on to them and gathering a team of people that sympathize with you it's before you do any of that stuff you're going personally privately just you to that person and trying to work it out um of course all this is get like you've forgiven them in your heart and then you go to them and you say this is this is what happened. This is how I heard this. This is how I felt. This is what my perception of the situation. It's how I took what you said or whatever it was. And then you talk it through and maybe there's a confrontation there. Maybe it's like you really hurt me. And you're, you're expressing that hurt to them in as mature a way as you can. Or maybe it's just, hey, what's going on? You seem to not want to talk to me anymore. Did I hurt you? Right. It's the same the same thing. But I think the important thing here is this is a prohibition against gossip. It's it's very clear in Matthew eighteen that this is not you're not allowed
2: to go like team building (laughs) around your offense. You have to go to this person one on one. And honestly, I think this is where most people just they just don't do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, sometimes that people will go to somebody else thinking, well, I need another perspective. Um, which yeah. if you're really not sure if you have somebody you trust, you can do that, but it's really better to say, to go to the person that it happened with and to say, I might just be misunderstanding this. This is like, right. how do you feel about this? That's better than right. saying, than talking to a few other people about it. And figuring out if you're in the right or not, um, And you know that that that, I think, to some degree, is a little bit um, is definitely true for times when um, there's a relational break. Um, I do think when things get a little bit heavier, um, like, I don't think it's ever a requirement. Like I said in the past, with an abusive situation, right, right, to go and um, confront them, unless you feel like you want to, from a confrontational standpoint. But I think that I think we do need to make that clear that there's there are some clear cases where this does not need to be um, right.
1: Like First Timothy five, Paul tells Timothy
2: that if if someone has uh, an accusation against an elder. They should come with
1: two or more witnesses,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think we a lot of times read that like, "Well, that's to protect the elder from false accusations," and that's like that's half the truth. That is true, but it's also like if the accusation is legit, it protects the person making the accusation. And so, if you think if you put that if you kind of lock that in with Matthew eighteen, what you realize is basically what Paul is telling Timothy is: if you're confronting or if you're confronting someone who's in authority over you, then you can skip step one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You can skip the private thing. And instead, you sh- really, you should skip it. It's appropriate and right to skip it. And that protects not only the person being accused from a false accusation, but also protects the person who's been hurt. And it gives them safety in that corroboration. I mm-hmm. think that's really important to point out. Like, if we're... T- the focus here is on like interpersonal relationships, but if it's somebody in authority over you, the rules really aren't different. Yeah. And that's that a is biblical true. thing. It's not just good sense. Yeah. It's a that Paul allows for that in First Timothy five, in my opinion. Yeah. So let's say like, you know, you you, you go to your friend and you say, like, you really hurt me. Or whatever the situation is, you talk it out and you get no resolution, which is not that uncommon either, right? It goes sideways. Now it seems like the rift is worse between
2: you. What do you do now? And what you don't do is start gossiping or bail, walk away. Say, that's it. I'm
1: never talking to you again.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, The next thing is you go get a trusted friend and you say, this is what's going on. So you got one of, you're still keeping the circle of inclusion really small. So you're still not, you're not getting on the internet. You're not talking to all your friends. You're talking to one trusted person that you trust to tell you the truth. And you're saying to them, here's the situation. I've already gone to this person. It's not working. It's not working out. Can you come with me and help me? And that's where you're kind of like, Hey, am I wrong? Right. Am I completely, Mm -hmm. am I overreacting? am I being selfish? Am I being blind to the truth? Like what's going, you help me. And then you go with that person to reconcile and that person can, can corroborate your, your story, but they can also mediate between you and this person as sort of this third voice, this third set of eyes to look at that situation and help you reconcile. And honestly, when that, in my experience, when you get to that point,
2: it gets solved most yeah. of the time.
0: If you get to that point, right. I mean a lot of times people like you said will just avoid it to the place of not um of just kind of saying well this relationship is over.
2: Right. Yeah, and you know, I think you know there, there's a I think it's
1: it's sad to me how rare this actually happens.
0: Yeah.
2: And I think it's because we don't talk about this. And we don't, it, it seems to me like we're not
1: valuing those relationships enough to go because it is a lot of trouble.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's also, um, I think that there's really a, a risk in, uh, being hurt more. And, and part of that is being misunderstood Yeah. um, because it's very hurtful to be misunderstood. And so to be, you're putting yourself in a position where you could be misunderstood which would result in further hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, because if, if your heart is in the right place and you're going to, to basically confront a situation and then you're misunderstood, and so a lot of people are just like, they don't, they so want to avoid pain. I mean, I'm this way, you know what I mean? Where it's like, either I'll say, I'm just going to get over it. Or like, I'm going to choose just to forget about it. And sometimes that's fine. Because sometimes I maybe shouldn't be offended, or I can just forgive them, and it's not such a huge thing. I need to address it, right? But if there's a real wound there, or if there's something where it's like that it seems like there's a rift between our relationships, then it is hard to get to a place of saying I'm gonna go and talk about this because most people don't like confrontation. I don't know anybody who likes being misunderstood, and so those so I know some people who like confrontation; they're totally fine with it, but. I don't know anybody who's like, oh, I'm pretty cool with being misunderstood. I don't really care if people like me. There's not a lot of people like that. And um, there's so you just have to, it really is hard. And you're being vulnerable in a way that we should be with friends. But anytime that you become that vulnerable, even with a spouse or with like it's all of all of that takes some courage and some just willingness to say this relationship is worth it. Uh, but that's hard to get to a lot of times. So
1: yeah, I think it takes some some real self awareness because I tend to be the person who says I should just get over it. It's not that
2: big of a deal.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But then, and what, and then I because I feel that way or I say that, then I
1: don't pay attention to the fact that I'm actually not getting over it mm-hmm. and that it's eating away at me, and it is a bigger deal to me what they said or what they did then I want to admit and so I walk around sometimes for a very long period of time with this offense that I'm trying not to have but I'm still having and I know like the real ant the real solution to that is for me to actually talk to the person about it yeah and I think a lot of people do that they're trying to be good people they're trying to be patient they're trying to be loving all those things, and those are all honorable, good desires. But at some point, you kind of have to recognize, okay, I'm not getting over this. Yeah. And I'm not going to let that go and just live with it. I need to do, I need to honor God in my relationships by having the integrity to talk to them about it. Because if you don't do that, I think you'll find yourself, instead of talking to them, you start gossiping. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you don't mean to, but you just find yourself confiding in people and saying things about that person that are negative that really comes from this offense you have that you haven't dealt with.
0: Yeah. And I think, too, that like if there's an offense that you haven't dealt with, a lot of times you end up almost building a case against that person in your head. And so... um, becomes easier to be more offended with them. Mm-hmm. I don't know in the times in my life where people have come to me or I've gone to other people and talked, you know, it doesn't ha- happen that often because usually mm-hmm. offenses really are something that I that people can get over pretty quickly. I can get over pretty quickly. But in the times that it has, even if it's a small offense, if like I, I've had somebody say, hey, I think you probably didn't mean it this way, but this is how I'm feeling about this. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I am so sorry. Cause, like, I completely didn't mean it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it meant so much just to be able to have that kind of conversation. And we walked away closer. It wasn't the kind of thing where I was like, I cannot believe that they thought that. And, like, what a jerk. Like, now I really don't like, th-. you know, like, it's mm-hmm. it, that's not how it ends up being. It ends up being like, I'm really sorry. Like, I didn't mean to offend you. And if it is a purposeful thing, then to say, you know, you're right. Like I repent for that, and I and that that can be our attitude towards mm-hmm. each other, instead of just saying I'm going to preserve my, um, my space and my mm-hmm. reputation and my idea of things, and that's more important than my relationship. So,
1: yeah, I think that's like the third thing. Like I already I mentioned, uh, repentance and forgiveness. Like if you're thinking about what needs to happen, what's the goal of this conversation that I'm going to have with this person? The, those are the, there's three things, not just two. There's repentance, there's forgiveness, but there's also clarification. So often you, once you clarify what you meant or what you didn't mean, then the repentance and forgiveness is almost, is unnecessary because you realize, oh, I misunderstood you. Yeah. And now that I understand you, this, the offense just disappears, just dissipates into nothing
0: yeah. because
1: you realize like, I just missed it. And now that I know your heart, it's that we don't even need to talk about it anymore. Yeah. And that that's amazing when that happens. And it's also for me, it's powerful because it reminds me that that sometimes the offense that I build up in my head towards somebody is actually a complete lie. Yeah. That I've believed and it's vapor. It's it there's no substance to it at all. And I'm not saying that's always true. I always want to come back and say that like at times like very often there is a real sin that needs to be forgiven and yeah. repented of. But also sometimes it's just very simple misunderstanding and Satan has gotten in there into your heart and twisted it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that that is one of the ways that you see the enemy, even from the beginning is he mm-hmm. takes a small truth, which like in, in the garden to say, don't eat of the, uh, of the, the tree of the knowledge of good, good and evil. But, um and, so he t- he took that truth and then he twisted it, and he said, "Is God, you know, basically, is God good? Like, it, it did he really say is it?" And it, and so it becomes, and you see that all throughout our lives and all throughout history, really, where it's like this thing that has a slight truth to it. So there's a break in our relationship, and he just wiggles his way in there, and so then, in a minute, you're just. I basically hate this person. And, you know, like you don't even realize that that's happening. And it, it really is the enemy taking this, this little kind of toehold into something and, make, and making it just this huge rift. And it's not something that needs to be, it, need, it doesn't need to be that severe. Again, there are times when it, ha- it really has, it, it can be a result from me, of being just really sinned against or, or you being the person that's really sinning those are a little bit harder, I think. But a lot of times if you're just willing to take this step with the things that are, are the smaller offenses or the offenses that then it's going to be, it's going to be vitally important. So um, I want to like, I know we talked about the, the two. I want to talk just for a minute because we're running out of time, but about like, if, if somebody you like breezed past it, but if somebody in leadership um, sins against you. So last week we talked about the church hurt thing. So, if we're talking about church hurt, or if we're talking about um hurt, where somebody in leadership has hurt you, has offended you, has um sinned against you, and it's really truly like, how should that be different? How should people approach that? I, I mean, we see a lot of times that people just will leave a church, mm-hmm. leave a job, leave a situation, and never say anything to that person in authority. Um, and so is that the best way or is there a better way to handle that?
2: I don't think it's the best way. I think, um, I think the thing needs to be said um, when, you know, a, an elder pastor, church leader, whatever it is, does something clearly abusive,
1: or is a bully or whatever it is. And to me, the same cut, it's still a relationship within the church. And I think you just take
2: Paul's instruction to Timothy and you actually do it literally. Um, now if you want to, like, if it's not like a,
1: you know, if, if you have a relationship with the pastor, let's say, I think you can go and ask for clarification. um, And, you know, not accusatory, just say, I'm going to be humble. I'm going to, like, I'm going to make sure I didn't misunderstand what he said. But if you're, if you're confident that you understood the situation, then I think talking, you know, getting, again, going to trusted friends, not the whole church, not starting up a, a insurrection. That's gross. That's no gossip, but, but talking to people that level, level heads who aren't already offended who aren't already kind of flaky and, and wanting to take up arms against the, the leadership, but really like godly, stable people and talking to one or two of those and saying, this is what's happened. This is what I see. Do you see the same thing? If they say yes, then you, I think you go and whatever avenue the church gives you, um, if it's an elder team or whatever the leadership structure is of your church, you go to them and you and you've, you say, this is my beef you know you do it in a humble godly way to say this is my beef and let them respond and i think you know if if they don't respond well then then you know because you've you've done the godly right thing you've done it with a good attitude you're not being a divisive person you're just saying this is my question this is my beef with you this is how i think you've gone wrong and if the response is is gross in return if it's arrogant or dismissive then you know this is not a safe place for you to be, and I think at that point you leave. Um, but what you, you need to be able to say before God, I took the right steps. Um, and then you, either way, you've got to forgive them. Yeah. But you don't have to stay if there's no resolution.
0: Well, and I think sometimes even if there is resolution, there can be damage beyond.
1: Yeah. Uh, it- there's the whole trust issue, which, which we haven't really talked about.
0: Yeah. So I think, I I do think that there's like, like we've had people come to us and say, Hey, tell me what you meant by this or that, or when you did this or that. And a lot of times it's stuff like we didn't even know about. Sometimes we're like, Oh, I think you misunderstood it. Sometimes we maybe really did mess up. And so all of those things have, have come to our attention. Almost always we're able to work it out. Um, but in the times that we haven't, it wasn't a surprise. Um, there were times, there's been times where, It hasn't worked out. And it wasn't a surprise to us when that person still decided to leave. Because it was like, oh, like now there is a conflict of just really like ideas about how church should happen or what there should what this or that should be. And so it's not still, I would not consider there to have been a break in relationship. It's more of a parting of philosophies or parting of ways that you do things. And so to me, like if I saw that person then there would still be good. We're still brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. Like there's still not a, uh, um, and so I think that that, that should be how you would leave if possible. Uh, I do think there's some situations I know of. We've talked to a lot of people who have left churches and there are some situations where it's like, I don't know that there was a good way to leave that situation. I don't know that it was a good way to confront that situation. And so there really are some, some things, but if possible, if you're able even if what you end up doing if you really feel like you can't go to them personally write a letter or write an email or like try to present it in a way because hopefully that that leader hopefully will be humble and learn um from their mistakes because you know like we said last week all of we're all humans we all sin and we're all part of the body of Christ which means that there's sometimes these really messy things that happen within the body of Christ and and what God wants from, from us is to recognize, first of all, that no matter what church you go to, even if it's a different church, we're all part of the bigger body of Christ. We all belong together. And so even if you're not fellowshipping in the same location, there should still be a place that we're not seeing, hopefully, like people always leaving hurt or people always coming hurt. And if they are, then deal with that. But yep.
1: Yeah, I think a good principle to remember is if you're a Christian, there's no such thing as leaving the church. Yeah. You can
2: you can not worship in the same local collection of Christians. That's true. And you can go down the street to a different grouping of Christians. Right. In a different
1: local church. But big picture is you're not leaving the church. You can't. These are still even if you're not in the same room together on Sunday morning, these are still your family. Yeah. And I think thinking that way, like, I'm going to live with this person forever. (laughs) We're in the same family forever. And so I'm going to have to face you. I'm going to have to patch things up as best I can. I really should do that now. Yeah. And that should be your attitude, including with your pastor and leaders in your church. It's the same thing is true of them. And so if all you can do is, like Heather said, like write a letter and say, this is these are my concerns, you should say something because that's the godly thing to do. That's where the integrity is. And it will help you in your own heart to not carry your offenses forward to to other
0: places. Yeah. I would say that when you you have really been hurt by leadership, but really by anybody, even a close friend, and it hasn't resulted in being able to come to a place of reconciliation, or it has, maybe it really has, but there's still going to be there needs to be a place where you recognize that there's broken trust there. And so give yourself some time, but don't wallow in it. As far as like give yourself some time to heal, some time to say this is there's broken trust. We're going to have to build this back up. Right. Um sometimes you can't jump right back into where the relationship was because there's there really is a brokenness of trust. And so recognizing that, giving yourself a little bit of space, but then also working towards healing and not not holding a grudge continually forgiving. I, Ben's dad once said to us uh, when we were walking through this stuff with my church, when you get to a place where you can pray blessing for them, then you know you've really forgiven them and I was like, like I don't know if I'm there, you know. And it took a while to get to get to that place. And yeah. so um I think that that is a good measure though. Like if you can pray blessing for them, if there's and your heart is is in a good place for it, even if the relationship isn't Ever brought back to fullness, uh, your heart is right towards them. And so I think that that is um, something to work towards, even if you're not, if you don't have the time, the place, or the way to confront, like you said, if somebody dies or if it's there's too many years or whatever it might be, still work towards that wholeness. And whenever possible, try to get to a place of reconciliation.
1: Yeah. You know, this is also the key to a happy marriage. Mm -hmm. A long marriage. It's like just just thinking last week, I totally misinterpreted something Heather did, and she was gone all day, and I was getting grumpier and grumpier. And by the time (laughs) she got home, I was like legit mad at her for
2: nothing. And she was all happy, which made me mad that she had had a great afternoon. And then we had to talk about it.
1: And all of this stuff applies Mm -hmm. to that. Mm -hmm. So it's every relationship. This basic principle of forgiveness, repentance, clarification is is just is is the only way forward. Every single time, if there is no other way, and we want to talk to everybody else but the person.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: um, but at the end of the day, you gotta you gotta face it, um, as complicated as it can be.
0: Well, we are glad that you joined us for this little thing. Thanks so much for listening today. Um, we, you can find more episodes and subscription links to, at theartofacommunity.net or on most podcast platforms directly. Uh, if you like the content, share it with your friends on social media. We will be back next week. Be looking for the episodes where we continue the conversation about church hurt um, with my dad. So. Thanks so much and have a great week. Bye.
1: See you guys.